That's step number one. Step number two is my final installment of the series of relationships. And I chose this series because, as you know, relationships are so important in our, in our lives. We need them. We are made to be relational. Uh, we're relational beings, and that's super important. But in that process, there are things that can really affect us and hurt us and harm us. And so this installment uh, is about us being responsible to other people, but not being responsible for other people. I'm going to clarify that. There are things that we are responsible for, but not everything. And this, that's what this lesson is about today. And our, our theme scripture is a, a passage in Romans 12, verse 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So this weekend, I was invited to a wedding from a 2001 a college student that Karen and I used to lead the Cal State Fullerton Ministry, Go Tuffy Titan. Um, and uh, he got married and we got invited. It was great to it's been, you know, it's been a while, so it was just great to see him, see all the old college guys who are now men, who are now married, who are now have children, you know, they're doing different kind of PhDs. I was in there with Doc. I'm like, this guy used to get, can barely pay his phone bill and he's a PhD guy now. Uh, amazing transformation of, of heart, mind, and character. Uh, and, then, and then, you know, you, you go to Long Beach and you have to fight the 405, the 710. You know, you're, you're in there you're, and you're, going, you're just going crazy in traffic. Um, and then I went to go visit my dad. And this scripture came to mind. My father, I found out last week, we, 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 we just, he just, I just happened to call him. I was going, we went to Oxnard. I'm just going to call my dad for 30 minutes, a 30-minute drive. And my dad began, he just popped it out. He says, son... I have a half brother in Ecuador. I'm like, what? I have an uncle in Ecuador. Like, I thought I had no. I thought they were all dead. No family. We're all gone. And yeah, I have a half brother. I haven't seen him since he was since I was 12 years old. And I was like, whoa, this is getting more intense. So I pulled over to the car. I was like, whoo, pull over. Repeat that, Dad. You have a what? So my grandfather had another son that he that they spent time together, but it was his half brother. And the last time he saw him was that their dad gave him each a gift. And he, my dad got to pick the gift. It was either a rubber ball or a, or a wooden boat. My dad picked the ball. And he hadn't seen him since. And he actually never looked out for him. He just kind of came to America, and that was it. He never looked back. He never leaned in. He never looked, hey, how's he? And he assumed that his dad was going to take care, but his dad wasn't involved in, that, in his brother's life either. But on the mom's side, he was taken care of. So he tells me this, and I'm, I'm just like riveted. So he got, he, he got a help from, um, from Facebook. We were able to find him. He, the son has the same name as his, as his brother. His name is Victor Emilio Garces. I found out my, my, my name is spelled with a little accent, Garces. So I've been saying it all wrong, so it's not Gio Garces. It's Gio Garces. So... Revelations always for my father, who keeps things very private. And if you know my dad, my dad's a very dominant type guy. Come here, do this. But I can tell he was highly emotional because he was super humble when I went over there. Sick. Can you? Uh, this is computer. Can you? Can you help me type? I'm like, yeah, dad. I can totally help you. Super. 
Thank you, son. Thank you. Super humble. I can tell he was super emotional. So we got on this thing called Facebook. I'm not sure if you heard of it. It has this instant messaging. And so I, 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 we Facebook friend the guy and we're trying to figure, he's like, who are these people? And we're like, we hope you're a family. I don't know if you're a family. So there's kind of like a little bit of, huh, as far as it depends on you, my father felt, if it depends on me, I have to try. I have to try. And there's, and obviously there's got to be hurt because he never looked back for 50 years. And the guy was reluctant to give my dad his phone because, hey, you know, it's been 50 years. I mean, we don't even know who you are, really. So there was kind of a reluctance and I was like, Okay, he's like, but if we're family, let's try to find a way. So my dad gave him certain things that only only his brother would know about them. Only his brother would know things about the school, the father. My grandfather was a was a principal of a of a uh, high school, and so uh, things that only that brother would know. And it was so intense. And then then the guy goes, "Do you have WhatsApp?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I have WhatsApp." He's like, "Call me." So last night I'm calling Ecuador on this WhatsApp. I'm like, this is crazy. He's a Navy pilot in the Marines in Ecuador. He's in this, he's in this helicopter thing. And I go outside and we're talking. He's talking Spanish. There's no English. I'm talking English. No, no Spanish. <laughs> and we're trying to have a conversation. Espera tu momento. I said, Papa, come here, come here, Papa. And my dad talked with him. And, I, and my dad's whole posture was just like, could this be my nephew? And so today we're gonna, he's going to follow up. Uh, with a phone call to see if he talked to his dad to verify if they're really brothers. And it is intense. And I thought about this passage as far as it depends on you. And I thought, Dad. And I gave him, my dad didn't know, after he hung up, he didn't know what to, I was just gave Dad, I'm so happy for I gave him a big hug. And he, he you know, he hugged me like, like it was a hug. You know, sometimes dad hugs you like, hey, 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 hey. they give me this one. Hey, yeah. He was like, oh yeah, thank you. And it was intense. And, you know, my, my, mom's, and my, my mom's excited, too. She gets emotional, but her emotional turns into frantic. Like, type faster! Hurry up! Like, Mom, please, just, just go over there. And I, I don't speak Spanish. I'm trying to, you know, I have two thumbs trying to... So she was excited. Everyone's excited. My dad's planning to go there in February no matter what. So he's hoping this might be... He was there two years ago looking for him. He, didn't, he told me that. I'm like... I could have told you on Facebook, you know, but he went there looking, you know, asking family members and he might friends that might know, but he couldn't find him. So it's really amazing because this is what this passage, it, it, it stirs us because there's a part of relationships. It, it depends on us too. It depends on us in many ways. And so we talked about the first step. When, you've, when you have wronged, we repent. When you've been wronged, you forgive. And the ultimate goal of this series is to help you find peace in relationships, in your relationships. Because there's always someone else that there's, there's some tension. There's, there's people. It could be family members. It could be people in church. It could be anywhere. And so the problem is no matter how badly we may want peace in the relationship, there are some relationships that just may never be fully resolved. Um, and that's the reality. And they're t- because there's two parties involved. They, they may not want to relate. He, he may not want anything to do with my dad. But my dad's looking for peace. He's trying to do everything on his part to make peace. But there's a, as a dad, he may not even want you. You were the big brother. He could feel like you left him. You bailed on him. Never looked back. So don't assume that it's going to go awesome. Because he may not want you. So I just was trying to prepare my dad, like, we're, we're trying, you're doing your best, but there's another piece to it. 
he's got to want to have peace too. And so, for every wrong you repent of, there's someone else who must choose to forgive you. For every wrong you forgive, there's someone else who must choose to repent. And we hope those things happen. Sometimes they may never happen though. So the good news is, you can do what depends on you. That's the good news. Like, yeah, you can, you can do whatever you can do. That's, that's the, and then you, can, you can have peace in your soul because he's 75 and he's, he's starting to really evaluate his life. I can see it. And he's trying to make amends. And I hope when he gets baptized. Some of you guys have been in my family and I, I know I've had the rebizos over the... You guys know my parents. They're amazing people. They're loud and amazing. It's funny because um, on the way home, Karen, you know, whenever I have a count with my parents, I'm easily angry because that's just, it's, it's, just, just, it's just an angry house. And so I, I'm in the car going, blah, 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 and I started barking at Karen. And Karen's like, why are you being so mean? I'm like, oh, yeah, I just got done visiting my parents. <laughs> oh, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm a little edgy. I'm edgy because when I'm in that culture, it's, it's natural just to get back into your, that's how we used to talk at the house. Shut up. Close that door. Be quiet. I'm like, this is to my mother. <laughs> so we talk to each other. It's not right. It's just what it is. I'm not saying it's right. It's just what it is. That's how we. That's how we. That's how you survive in that home. <laughs> so how long? How long does it, does it depend on me or you? When does my continued extension of assistance become irresponsible? Because that can happen. You could try, 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 but it's at a point where hey, you know. You only could do so much. Because reconciling, reconciling to someone becomes especially tough when you're dealing with fools. The Bible uses that word. Fools. And unfortunately, there are toxic people that we have, are connected with in our lives. And you might have bad blood with someone who is toxic. And the Bible calls these people fools. Foolish people or fools continually behave in ways that hurt themselves and hurt others. That's a fool. As it says, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats their folly. Okay? So, when a fool's irresponsibility is creating collateral damage in his or her life or yours... You create boundaries. When a fool is putting you in harm's way, you create boundaries. Boundaries are always healthy, but especially needed when dealing with foolish or, or toxic people. Let me give you a list of what might be, you know, who's a fool? Who's toxic? Well, that, that person you know that continually always needs to borrow your money. <laughs> The person that always wants to live in your home. And he's not your children. He's not your kids. Just for a month. Just for a week. The person that always seems to say hurtful things to you. Those that manipulate you or, or try to have control over you. Too much control over you. Those that seem to be taking advantage of your goodness. Or desire of reconciliation. These are foolish people. 
People who repeatedly ignore the words of Jesus in Matthew 18. They don't get resolved. They just want to chat about it. And they don't listen to Jesus' words. They become toxic. So you got to create boundaries. Isn't it the good Christian way just to continue to extend the existence? Like, well, aren't we Christians? And shouldn't we just keep extending the help? I mean, he is asking for, he does need the money. Not always. Not always. Boundaries help delineate what depends on you and what depends on them. Boundaries separate what you're responsible for and what the other person is responsible for. And the Bible speaks about this. I'm going to share a passage. If you haven't already, I read this great book called Boundaries by Henry Cloud and John Townsend. It's a great book. And they got the ones for kids. They got a bunch of books. They're, they're making a lot of money. Because <laughs> it's good material. It's, it's good material. So, here's a passage that will help us delineate how we help, what's our responsibility, and what's the other person's responsibility so we don't cross over and become sucked in, so to speak. So, the Bible says in Galatians 2, carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. So, one hand, we're commanded to help one another with our burdens. Burdens. That's a very interesting word that he uses there. It means hardships. It alludes to affliction of the soul. A heaviness. A weight that's been given to carry. An example is, wow, someone just lost their job unexpectedly. Boom. Someone gotten really sick. It's, it's life-threatening. Boom. Someone has a significant need. Boom. Someone just had a baby. Boom. That's what that word means. So we're responsible to help bear any burden that has become too big for the other person. It's unusually big. We're responsible to help one another. We shouldn't feel guilty, but you should feel responsible. So Paul addresses the attitude for those who are trying to help in the next verse. So if any of you think you are something, when you are nothing, you deceive yourself. So he's talking about the attitude. So carry to those burdens. And then he kind of goes, hey, you have to self-reflect here. You, we would never say this, but... We think we're kind of important people, you know. Like we don't say it. We don't like go, hey, pretty important. We don't walk into the office like, you guys need me. You know, we, 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 but into ourselves, sometimes we feel like we're important, you know. It's just our nature. You know. We kind of talk to ourselves. We're important. He says, be careful of this. Don't believe everything you think. Right? He says, hey. Don't, there's a burden here. There's whatever responsibility. Oh, I, I'm too important to uh, get involved. Oh, I'm too important. I got other important things to do. So Paul addresses that attitude. You know, humility is deeply believing that I'm one step away from stumbling. That's humility. I'm one step away. I could, I could fall. I could be... I could, I can have a hard time. Being humble, being just being 
wow, I got to be humble because I'm not so awesome. I, I think I'm awesome, but I got to, you know, there's one step away. You know what a fool thinks? He doesn't make mistakes. And that arrogant thought impedes, it stops his ability to have compassion on others. I guess there's, there's an arrogance. I don't, I don't They can work it out. They can figure it out. Someone else will help. So he says this, each one should test your actions. Each one should uh, pay a careful attention to. You should examine your attitude. You should examine you, wow, what you're doing. Am I one who sees a, someone with a burden? Do I, do I try to assist or do I get involved? Do I see? I see, but oh, he lives over there. That group, I'm sure, is taking care of him. He, yeah, that's a great, they have a good leader. Do we test our actions? Do we examine ourselves? And this is something that, that I can do and you can do. This is something that you can't do for me. I can't do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. Each of us has a responsibility to examine our own behavior. That's, that's, I, I can't do that for you. You have to do that, it says. I'm doing everything I can to carry the burden my sin has caused others. I'll, I'll try to repair it. We'll fix it. We'll, we'll, make it we'll, we'll make it right. But when it comes to examining, you have to examine. You should examine yourself. I can't do that for you. I shouldn't ask you to help me carry something I'm not carrying myself. Right? Make, makes common sense, but you get yourself in these situations where it almost becomes confusing. Almost becomes confusing. So it also goes on to say this. Then you can take pride in, they can take pride in, in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. You know, that word pride is more of a, you know, um, a personal exaltation, meaning it's not a sinful pride. It's a, hey, I feel good about something that I've carried, I was responsible for. I feel good about that I took responsibility for myself. That's what that pride, you can take pride that, hey, I, I'm, I'm being responsible for me. And that's important. Um, I can't carry what you can carry, but I can carry what I can carry. That's what it's trying to express. And it says, for each of you should carry your own load. It's a different word than burden. Load is different. Load, it really means in the Greek, it's portion. It's your daily load. It's what you can do. Daily load is you get up, you have coffee, you go to work. You pick up the kids. It's your daily thing that you can do. A burden is excess. Unexpected excess. It's too much. But your load is your load. So think of it as boulders and backpacks. Right? Here's where the problem comes in. You have a boulder, which is a burden, and you got a backpack, which is which is your own daily. You know, you do your thing, have your lunch, you walk around, you do your job, kiss your kiss your wife and kids, show your face. You do all the things that you do. It's your portion. It's a backpack. Sometimes you 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 have a, a boulder on your back, and you act like it's a backpack. It's just I got it. I don't need help. I got this. And people see you carrying this burden. And they're trying to help you. And you're like, get away. No, no, no. Be, no, no, I got this. And it's a boulder. 
and it's crushing you and you don't want any help let me suffer in peace I'm like that when I get sick it's bolder and then there's the other side some people have backpacks and they act like it's a boulder. Oh my gosh. Oh, I had to go to work today. Oh, I had to go to work. I had to go to work, man. Work. Work. And I, I, I had to hang out with my... I, I had to pick up the kids and hang out with them. Man, man. I had to hang out with my children. Oh, it's a boulder. It's a backpack. And we act as if it's a boulder. It's things that you're responsible for that you can do. Isn't that kind of funny how it is, how life is? And each one, we carry boulders and backpacks. That's how we, how we function. When I have a, bowl, a, a big boulder, it's my pride that prevents me from receiving help. Because I hate the feeling of helplessness. I think we all do. I can handle it myself. And that's where my pride interferes and stops people from coming in and really helping. And then there's the backpack. Oh, I, I love having, when I'm sick, I'm like, whoa, I'm going down for the count, honey. Take care of me. If you don't sh- I always shoo her away, but I'm, I'm really, I'm, if the shoe is this way, yeah, just keep going. I'm not confusing. Go away, but really come back. That's what I'm trying to tell Karen. Now you know, honey. So we're responsible to, to help carry one another's burden and... We're responsible for carrying our own load. Fools expect you to carry their burdens and their loads. Fools will try to make you feel guilty about not helping them with their backpack. That's where it gets. And when we feel responsible for carrying another person's load, we can, we can really rob them from experiencing the, the outcomes of their own decisions. For good and bad, they might have... It's a good thing when they make their decision and they, and they have success. Way to go. We can rob them when we try to like, you know, catch them all the time. You know, some of that, some of it's in our parenting. You know, when our kids get... What do they need to be responsible for? Like having to talk with Jaden. Jaden, you're doing your own laundry now. He's like... What? <laughs> yeah, and then, and then, you know, his Saturday soccer came and his uniform wasn't ready. You know? And, you know, you're, 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 you're like, do I got to save him? Do I rescue him? Do I rescue him? Do I rescue him? He can't. He, I want to watch him play tomorrow. I want him to be all ready. And then I see him at night just going along. <laughs> flipping it on, turning it on, left the light on all night. But, yeah, he got in there. <laughs> Carrying his load, trying to teach him. Carry your load. It could stunt maturity if we shortcut that. It robs them of the joy of good decisions they make. They may, may make some great decisions. So, you're responsible for helping others, but it's not helpful to carry someone else's portion or load. Something wrong? So, Lizard who's hearing the sermon. <laughs> on the glass. Don't worry about it. It's okay. It says in the Proverbs that the king's palaces are full of lizards too. So, it's, a, you know, it's, it's pretty. It's biblical. There's lizards in the in the chapel. There's lizards. So, 
So we need boundaries from lizards. We need boundaries from people that are bearing and carrying loads. We, we need boundaries from people sometimes. We do. We need help. Sometimes it's our own family that we need to put the boundaries with. It gets, they cross the lines really fast. They're super comfortable. They don't really care. Because a boundary delineates what I'm responsible for and what you're responsible for. So what, what about unconditional love? Well, it doesn't mean unconditional assistance. It doesn't mean they're not the same thing. Loving someone might look different with boundaries. You aren't being unloving to someone by letting them carry their own backpack. It's not unloving. That's, that's good. That's loving, actually. A great word that you can use is the word, I used to call it vitamin N for my kids. No. <laughs> vitamin N. No. Sometimes my kids catch on. Like, Dad, that person needs vitamin N. Like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> needs to know. Needs that vitamin. It's a healthy vitamin. No, I can't. Sometimes when, when someone's asking, we almost feel like, if I don't help, I'm not a Christian. Mm. <laughs> you freaked out. Yeah. Well, is it their portion or it is a burden? Oh, it's, it's their backpack. No, no, no. Oh, it's a burden. Ooh, let me get in there. It helps you delineate when to, when to go. Yeah. If it's a boulder, get in there. It's going to crush them. Even if they're going like, I got it. No, it's like, you know what? Let me get in on that too. Let me carry it for you. You know, baby, you need meals, right? Sure. I mean, you're, you're not going to sleep for like the next, you know, several months at all. Yeah. You're going to need meals. Sometimes you, you're, you're in the hospital. You need people to visit you. Say hello to you. Encourage you. <clears throat> So, sometimes it's best to love from a distance. Not always, but sometimes. And choosing not to give in doesn't mean giving up. But if you carry someone's life, but if you care for someone's life more than they care for their life, set a boundary. Be accountable to someone too when you're setting that boundary. Have another person help you. You can get sucked in real fast. Set a boundary with a, with a time limit. Stay open to what the future might hold. Don't build a wall, but build a fence with a gate, then the, and the lock is on your side. <laughs> I don't want to build a wall. I want a fence, but I want access. But the, the lock's opening is on my side. So we're trying to delineate burden and lend backpacks. Portions. And too much weight. If I set a boundary, I need to ask myself, why does this person have this much control over me? Because sometimes it's, it's, it could be used to family. Like, you don't want to disappoint. It's all weird and trying to help. I don't know. I don't know. Here's what I do know, though. What Jesus did on the cross is the ultimate refusal of God to give up on his people. God didn't give up. So just because we're set boundaries, it doesn't mean we're giving up. It just means we're, we're creating something healthy. Because we want to follow Jesus' lead in the words he says, love as I have loved, show mercy like I have shown mercy, forgive as I have forgiven. 
We want that spirit in our discipleship. But God never gives up, so we should never give up. But remember one thing. We're not the Savior. Jesus is the Savior. For all my Latino friends, we are not El Salvador. Sometimes we want to, we want to rescue everyone. It's, in the, it's, in the, it's something in our culture of our nature. We want to save, we want to help, we want to rescue. And I, saw, I see my parents do it with my, some of my brothers. I'm like, stop being their savior. It's not helping them. You want them to move out? Stop being the savior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's tough. It's hard because it's family. What do you do, you know? You make a boundary. Amen. So making the efforts, the efforts is absolutely worth it. Even if the relationship never finds its way back. Because what we're trying to explain and teach from the series is you can have peace about a relationship but not necessarily having peace in the relationship. And my father's going to go down that road. He may have peace about it, but he may not have peace in it. He can have peace that he's tried, but it may not turn out that way. And I hope this series has helped you understand how we, how we live in a, in a world full of relationships, non-disciples, non-Christians to Christians to family members, and how we can really help delineate and really have healthy, strong, vibrant relationships. And with that, let's pray, and that will conclude our service. God, thanks so much for all you do. Thanks for teaching us. Uh, thank you for the writings in, in Galatians that just help us define... Uh, really when, when, we're, when we're supposed to be responsible and when we carry our own load and, and, and really how to create boundaries. I pray that you'll give us the wisdom to know how to love, the wisdom to embrace, the wisdom not to give up and the, and the courage, God, to love despite conflict. God, we uh, admire Jesus so much on the cross. He forgave uh, the people that were killing him right as they were doing it. And we admire his forgiveness, uh, his ability to forgive. We admire his heart to save us all. And we especially admire and love that you've never, ever given up on mankind or us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks. That concludes our service.